Welcome, welcome to the Polish the Mirror podcast. I'm Amy Thurman, your host, and I'm so excited to be back with you today with another episode of a story of hope gained in the midst of adversity. If you have not watched or listened to this before, that's the whole purpose of this podcast. It's basically the story of my life that I have lived the past 10 years with a broken neck, but I have learned to find hope in the midst of that adversity. And there are so many other people out there who have stories that are similar to mine, who have been through tragic events or horrible things in their lives, but they have chosen to turn them into hope in the midst of the adversity. And so my mission is to help those people share their stories because we can all learn and we can all find hope from other people who are sharing their stories. It's so important to share your story. So that's what this platform is for. If you have uh, want to find the others, it's hashtag Polish the Mirror podcast. It's streaming live on lots of places, like seven different places, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, uh, Instagram, lots of places. And then I upload the audio to all of the podcasting platforms, um, Apple, Google, Spotify, all of those so that you can catch it there. So it's a live and it's also then the audio as well. So thank you for being here. Thank you for watching or listening, for tuning in. And again, if you heard the episode last week, I'm still wearing my neck brace after my neck surgery. So for those of you listening, if it my voice sounds differently or if it sounds like I'm struggling, it's because I'm dealing with this neck brace. Um, but that's how it is, right? You've got to do that to get better. So let's get into this today. If you or someone you know has a story of hope gained in the midst of adversity and would like to be a guest on my podcast, I would love to have you. Please go to my website. It is www.getamyshelp.com. That's G-E-T-A-M-Y-S-H-E-L-P.com. And there's a button there where you can apply to be on the show and then I will contact you. All right, let's get into this today. Today, I want to welcome Deborah to the show. Thank you so much for being here, Deborah. Thank you. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm honored that, you know, and, and it's something that people thank me all the time for the opportunity to be on here. And I just think I, I thank you because I know firsthand how difficult it can be to be vulnerable and to share what you've been through, especially on this this platform, because we're sharing things that are very difficult that we've been through. Mm-hmm. And being vulnerable mm-hmm. is something that is not easy. And so I just applaud and thank you for your willingness to do that and to come on here to share your story of hope. And I'm going to ask now, if you don't mind, to go ahead and share uh, your story, whatever you'd like to share with us today. Um, I'm not going to pressure you to share anything you don't want to share, but uh, feel free to share whatever it is you'd like to share about your story of hope gained in the midst of adversity. I'm happy to. I grew up on welfare and government housing with uh, parents that had mental illnesses and substance abuse issues. So we were living in poverty. My parents eventually separated and divorced. But my mother was overwhelmed with everything. And there was a lot of violence in the home. And my father also has a criminal past. So it was it was not a pleasant environment to grow up in. And it was a struggle. Yeah. And however, there were good things along the way. And I think most people who have been through things, when you look back at 
them. You can you can see it, but at the time you're just so surrounded with those feelings of darkness. Yeah. But I I had three brothers, and because of them, I had that family sense of belonging and love and support that yeah. helped me get through all that. But when I was in high school, it got really dark for me, and I was I come home from school and I was physically abused every single day Gosh. and it got really dark and I started to have thoughts of suicide. Yeah. And I would walk home from school and I would see a truck coming and I would go over to the road and I'd be tempted because I didn't wow. want to go home. I didn't want to go home to that abuse. It was just, when you have mentally ill parents, they can't help themselves and they say and do things that make you not want to be alive at times. So I had those thoughts, but something happened in grade five. I was just getting ready for school one day and I suddenly had this knowing, this something went through my mind that I have a purpose for being on this earth. There's a plan. There's, there's a reason. Yes. So when it got so dark, it was always there. And that stopped me from doing anything mm. horrible. And when wow. I, was about, I was about 17, it came back that feeling there's something for me to do. And I decided at that time, it kind of solidified that dream I had that there's something for me to do. I wanted to work with kids when I got older and help them because I had struggled so much with self-esteem and confidence by that time. And I thought, okay, maybe I will work with kids, but I didn't feel good enough or smart enough to go to university. So... Mm -hmm. That's a problem with children who grew up in poverty and are abused. They don't have the belief that they're good enough to do anything to accomplish. So I didn't go to university right away. I didn't even consider it. And then eventually that dream inside me to help kids pushed me. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't think I'll even pass the courses, but I am going. <laughs> going to try. Just give it your best shot, right? because I wanted to help those other children who I knew were out there like me who were suffering and I wanted to help yeah. them. So I pushed myself to go and I was shocked that I did amazingly well. And I kept going. I ended up being in school for 10 years as an adult and I would have never imagined that. Wow. And, and something that most people don't know about me is I hated school <laughs> and I eventually I became a teacher, but I hated school. I didn't like being there. I didn't feel like I belonged there. I was accepted or mm. um, I got along with the other kids, but hearing that you're not smart at home doesn't help. And yes. so once I got into university, I, I kind of had that syndrome of imposter syndrome and yes. great marks, but it's like, okay, I'm fooling everyone. And then I went into the next program and I got great marks. Okay, there's there's something they're not seeing. So I just I just kept pushing myself until I finally I got a teaching degree and became a teacher, started working with kids and 
when when the kids would say they hated school and I would say, yeah, I know, I don't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> and their eyes would get really big and it's like, you're a teacher. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you're not supposed to say that. I know. <laughs> yeah, and actually in grade six, I was looking out the window daydreaming because I didn't want to be in a classroom. My teacher got so frustrated. He threw a piece of chalk in my direction and kicked me out of the classroom. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, and I didn't even know what to do when I got out in the hall because I was a quiet, well-behaved kid. And I thought, am I supposed to go to the office or am I supposed to wait here? I wasn't even sure what to do. But my, my grade six teacher, I think got frustrated and thought there was no hope for me. And I kind of wish mm -hmm. that he could see that I did it. I did learn something. I did accomplish. Yes, something. look at me now. Look what I did. I know, and I became a teacher like him. Uh, I wish yes. you could see that. Oh my but, gosh. Uh, I just think this the statistic, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't know what the statistic is, but you are an amazing statistic because I I have a background in education and social work. And one of the uh, places I taught was a really tiny community and it was very, very poor. They were a very, very poor community. And it's exactly what you were saying. Like we would encourage them to, you know, be your best self. What do you want to do when you graduate from high school? Who do you want to be? And they're just like, I just want to be a mom. I just want to stay around here. You know, we would try to encourage them to even go to the career tech or go to college and they would just say, oh, I don't think so. And we would talk to their parents. And this is what their parents would say. You will probably resonate with this. Their parents would say, I didn't get a degree and I'm doing fine. You know, but they were living in poverty. They just they didn't know any differently. And I feel like I've learned so much about that demographic that they they genuinely don't know any differently. And so when we would come in there and say, you have all these options. Their world is open to you. They were just like, what? You know, like, why? Why do I need options? I'm doing fine the way I am. And so I feel like that probably resonates with you. But I think it's a limiting belief in, yeah. in families that are in poverty. They've had generations of poverty. So they, yes. they don't see that they can accomplish anything further. So yeah. it's, those options in their mind are not there. Mm -hmm. So they just don't think it's for them. Just like I, I didn't think it was for, for me. So that's, that's the main issue. Uh, getting over those beliefs that they're not good enough or smart enough is a major thing that so many, and not just families in poverty, but so many kids are struggling with. So even if their families, you know, have, have, financial um they have a good upbringing and they do have the finances to continue higher education sometimes they just don't feel good enough so that that's yeah. a big big issue for many families and many children yeah it's it's so true i mean you don't know what people are going through um that's correct as a teacher and i know you saw this because i did as a teacher that what you saw in the classroom you was not reflected of what reflective of what was happening at home um that kids are so good at putting on masks and pretending that everything's fine that they don't need help 
Um, but yet they do. And I feel like we really need to reach out and help them understand that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be that your, that your family life is not like someone else's, you know, and what I would find is that they, they didn't really know that there was dysfunction in their family until they would go to another kid's house and see how their family interacted with each other and then realize, wait, my family is not like this. There's, there's something different here. You know, did you find that as a, as a child? Did you have other friends that you went to their homes? Yes. Um, but I wanted to just step back for a minute. A of lot course. of the reason they don't say anything is fear. I yeah. didn't say anything. I was afraid what's going to happen when I get home um, but yes, that that's a, a big issue. And that was one of the things that gave me hope as a child, because I would go to my friends' homes and see that they did have a different life. And I would see stability in their lives. But that was hope for me, because I realized that they have you know, a better support, there is love, there is light out there. And that gave me a lot of hope. And having friends in my childhood like that gave me tremendous hope, that support that I didn't have at home. No one knew what I was experiencing. Yes. Even my brothers, they, they didn't know. I didn't tell anyone. And mm. I know kids that are in desperate situations, they sometimes won't tell anyone. And then a tragedy will happen. And the teachers don't know what's going on. I, I had marks on me. And I remember going into gym class and wishing my teacher would notice the marks on the back of my legs. Wow. But I was so quiet. I was so well behaved. No one paid attention to me. And there's also a learned helplessness in many children. There, There's hopelessness. There's that helplessness. And you're just kind of just go with the flow. You don't say anything. And a lot of behavior problems because some children will go the opposite route. They will start acting out and not having much control of it because there's just so much going on inside them. And there'll be behavior issues, but it's really hard to know what's going on at home in children's lives. It's, it's, it's an isolated situation in many cases. So, it, I don't blame the education system or the teachers at all. And as a teacher, I know it's, it's hard to know what's really going on with many children, especially if they're not saying anything. Some children will, but a lot just won't. They'll just close, they'll withdraw and close up. Yeah, that's so true. And the teachers play such an important role in their lives, like, because, well, the, the school in general, because they're not having it, they're, it's pulling them out of that dangerous environment right. that they live in and giving them a safe place to just exist. Whether yes. they're saying anything or not, they're, they're at least in a safe place. That's right. I, did, I didn't want to go home after school. At school, I was safe. That, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, you know, teachers are innocent social workers. Um, because oh, there's just so much involved in it. Oh my goodness. And so you went and you got your degree from university. Is that right? Yes. Correct. Yes. And 
I was, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just amazed at where I was as a teenager and where I ended up. There was hope, there was light. And one of the things that my mother did, even when she was in despair, she, she sent us to church. And that was another positive environment and community for me. So that that gave me hope as well. And I had a, a strong spiritual life, even as a young child. And I had those dreams. And that's what I'm try, trying to get out to people, that children, even when they're young, they have these incredible dreams that need to be supported. And I didn't feel comfortable sharing my dreams with anyone. I thought, oh, they'll just say, I'm, I'm just a kid. What, what, what do you know? What do you know? Yeah. And, and I had those dreams at a young age. And that's what gave me hope through the darkness, through that dark tunnel that I traveled for a while there. I had dreams uh, of doing something positive in life and helping others. And, and I saw light in different ways through the church or through my friends. There, there was hope there for sure that guided me through all that. So great. Oh my gosh. Like they're looking back, you can see the steps along the way that the yes. path was there that you were supposed to take. There were just steps along the way that, that showed up for you or that, that were there for you to help you stay on the path that you were supposed to be on. And I feel that way in my life too. Like I think if in everyone, if you step back and take a look at it from a different perspective, that you'll find that, that there are things in your life that, that happen to encourage you to go down a certain path because that's where you're supposed to be. But I want to talk a minute about what you said about how children, I don't, I don't know exactly the word you use, but they're so insightful. I, I remember, you know, being a teacher and really questioning, what should I do here? What should I do there? And I would just open it up to the class and say, let's just have a discussion. You all tell me what you think I should do in this situation. And I was blown away by the knowledge, the intelligence of, of children. It's like, you know, like you said, children are supposed to be seen and not heard, but it's not true. They are so intelligent. We just don't allow them the space to show that. They have so much wisdom. And that's what amazed me when I became a teacher and I started talking to the children. Sometimes I would be working one-on-one -on -one with them and I, I was really amazed at their knowledge and something that we adults have that kind of gets in the way is we have all these experiences behind us that can sometimes cloud our vision of a situation. Children don't have that. So they can see clearly. They don't have past experiences that make you wonder about things. They, they see things clearly, whether it's a family situation or just if someone's not behaving properly, like in the case of abuse, I knew at three years old that the behavior was not right. I knew wow. that. I knew as an eight-year-old, I knew that. They know. They have, have tremendous wisdom mm. that adults don't really, what's the word, 
harvest. That's the word I'm looking for, harvest. Yes. It's there, but we're so focused on, we need to give them knowledge. We need to tell them what they need to know. Instead of bringing that out of them, there's so much inside them. Within the first five years of life, researchers can determine the health of a child at 60 years of age. There's wow. so much research where the brain is developing so much within the first few years. And we need to start looking at those children in a different way that that's done now. They have tremendous wisdom and their brains have so much that needs to come out. Yes. And so, so the, their brains grow, but the neurotransmitters are going so fast. And if you give the, these beautiful children those opportunities, then they can develop in such a way and those opportunities can send them in amazing directions. But if you close that off and you tell them they're just little children that don't know that much, that need to be taught everything, they will grow in that way. They, you're telling yes. them that, that this is their path and this is the way they need to grow and develop. They will do that. And they won't grow and develop like this it will be more, more like this yes. and so what i am trying to do and what i did as a teacher is give them those opportunities to grow they do have those dreams let it grow tell them that they can accomplish things they can change the world and if you start telling them that they will but if yeah. you start telling them, okay, you need to learn this and know this and this, and this is what you will do in the future, you're not giving them those opportunities to change their world. Whether it's the local world, the national world, the global world, you need to open up those doors because I'm not the only ch child that has those dreams. There's so many children that have those dreams and they need to be given those opportunities to develop those dreams and see where they can go with it. Yes. I love that so much. And I used to say all the time, because, you know, as a teacher, you would have student teachers, like people who were studying to be a teacher would come and study under you and spend a semester or so with you. And I would always say to them, students will rise to the expectations that you give them. Exactly. Whatever you expect yeah. of them, that's what they will do. So the more you expect of them, the more they will do. Yes. And it's so true, right? Yes. If you believe in them, then they will believe in themselves. And many kids won't even share their dreams with their parents sometimes because they're afraid it might sound silly or something. But right. the dreams are there and you need to bring it out of them sometimes. So they don't feel silly and this thing. You can have amazing dreams. You can accomplish so much in your life, whatever you want, really. Yeah. And, and just take away any limiting beliefs that they may have. And if you hear success stories, you'll hear that the people that do accomplish amazing things they'll say my parents believed in me my teachers mm -hmm. believed in me you hear that a lot and that's what yeah. we need to be teaching our young people and even adults who are older i 
not too long ago, I was getting ready to retire and I was thinking, okay, I'm getting too old. What? I don't have much to offer the world. And then I started having these dreams showing up again. So you're oh. never too old either. Yes. <laughs> you young to have dreams, you're never too old. And just take away those limiting beliefs. It doesn't matter how old we are. We can have dreams and we can accomplish amazing things, especially if it's helping people. Those dreams are so important because there's so many people who are struggling and we're not always aware of what they're going through. So, Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so true. So true. I'm going to jump back to something that you said earlier that I want to um, jump into for just a second. The part of what I do with my polish the mirror business is I help people learn to polish the mirror of their lives. And so with adults, we have so many layers that we have that we have put on top of the mirror of our lives that we don't even we can't even see clearly like it, the mirror is so distorted that we can't even see ourselves, our souls clearly. Yes. And so part of what I do is to help them learn to polish that mirror so that they can see themselves or see their souls more clearly. But yes. something you said really hit me that I'd never, ever thought about that with, with youth that they don't have as many layers because they don't have the experiences that, the, that we have been through as adults to put that many layers on top of the mirror of their life. And so being able to polish that mirror um, is a completely different thing for a youth than it is for an adult. And I'm, I'm really trying to, I'm taking that in. Like my brain is real, really trying to process that. That was just so brilliant to me. Yes. Well, adults are so busy overthinking things sometimes and thinking about past experiences and some of those negative experiences will cloud our judgment about ourselves and about our future. But children don't necessarily have that, especially under 12 years of age. They don't have those negative self self-thoughts that that we have and then teenagers start to have because right. they're listening to things like social media and they're comparing each other but really young children are just open books and there's so much that they can do and even teenagers once they they start to think about their futures and they have people saying you can accomplish things then they are an open book and can accomplish amazing things too. But as adults, like you said, the mirror needs to be polished. They have to take away those limiting thoughts and, and things that have happened to them that have caused tremendous pain. And that needs to be healed. And we all have things that, that need to be healed. Right. And I, be, I became a healer a couple of years ago. And I much to my shock, I realized I wasn't the only one who struggled with anxiety and depression. And it's just yes. so common. It's so common. And yes. the self-esteem and confidence is so common. And I was shocked. I was, Sometimes when you're in your own suffering, you don't realize that there's other people around you have who have smiles on their faces who are suffering. They don't yes. talk about it, but it's so common. And so we need to work on loving ourselves. 
that is a, the biggest power and strength in the world is love. And it has mm-hmm. to start within ourselves, loving yeah. ourselves. Because yes. we can't truly love others if we hate ourselves. How can exactly. we show love that we don't have within us? Yeah. Because we're told we're, we're, we are not good enough, we're not smart enough. And we don't believe we should have even been born because of what we heard possibly throughout our lives. If the love for ourselves is not there, it's not going to grow in our hearts for other people. So you have to love yourself in order to love others. So loving ourselves and trying to heal ourselves is not a selfish thing. It's so intense. It's vital. Yes. Like it, it is vital to every, we think about it. It's vital to every area of your life, your relationships, your finances, your social life, every area of your life. Yeah. If you don't have that self-worth and that love of yourself, acceptance, self-acceptance, then it's going to affect every area of your life. But and when your you health. Do, and your health. Yeah. yeah. But when you do have that, it, it completely changes every area of your life. It's such an important thing. I'm going to pop your website up here real quick. It's um, energizeandrise.com, E-N-E-R-G-I-Z-E-A-N-D-R-I-S-E.com. And if you wouldn't mind to just tell us what it is you do now that you have gone through all of that, you have found hope and you want to help all of these children How do you do that? What is it that you do um, to go about doing that? Well, I started my business last year. And again, I was thinking about children. And I thought, I want children to have dreams and and know they can accomplish them. So I decided to start working with children to help them with their self-esteem and confidence. Because Mm -hmm. once a child does have those things, they can do so much in their lives and it helps with their health. It helps with their emotions and with their thoughts. There's so many different directions that that will help them with and just thinking positively and learning how to deal with all those emotions and thoughts that I know about because I dealt with them and I had no idea how to deal with all that. You lived it. I lived it and I didn't know how to deal with it and I struggled And so I thought I want to help children know how to deal with all those emotions and thoughts and turn them around. And regardless of what obstacles they have, we all have obstacles in different ways that we will be faced with in our our lives. And so I want children to learn how to overcome those obstacles and And learn to love themselves so they can have a positive life and and have positive thoughts. Regardless, you're going to have pain. You, you will have disappointment. You right. will have rejections. That's part of life. Yeah, what, exactly. What can you do to overcome those and deal with that disappointment? Because some of those disappointments are good things. Rejection mm-hmm. sometimes turns into something good. Sometimes yeah. we, we think we want a job or a relationship and then we get rejected, but something better comes along. And that's right. what you want to teach children that 
a better job may come along for you. A better relationship may come into your life. Rejection and disappointment, they're not always bad. Exactly. And what can you do to turn it around? Keep going and keep that door open for something better because it often happens. I've seen it in my own life. It's happened many, many times. So that's what I want to teach children. And that's what I'm trying to do now. That's amazing. So do you have a program or something on your website that people can go look into? Yes, I'm starting free classes because I don't want finances to stop any child from participating in in my classes. So starting in March, I will have free classes each month for children. And I will have, have two classes based on age and teaching them about self-esteem and confidence and how to deal with all those emotions and thoughts and feelings. And I also, for those children who don't want to participate in a class, some children are really shy. I also have videos and I have free videos and meditations as well. And I will be teaching children how to calm their bodies, their emotions and thoughts, and giving them those tips and tools that they can carry forward throughout their entire lives. Things that will, will help them when they go past high school and the university and their work and, and their lives and their relationships, things that will help them through their lives. So that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love that. As a, like I said, as a former teacher and educator, that touches my heart so deeply. The work that you're doing is so amazing. What Thank age you. groups do you work with? I plan on working with six to 18, but okay. if par parents want um, me to work with younger children, I will as well. I, for some of the children, they may need more one-on-one. -on -one. So I do right. provide that option as well. And parents can contact me. Some children may not want to participate in a group setting and yes. maybe shy about that and sharing personal things. And I understand that because I, I was one of those children. So parents can contact me if they want me to work with their children. And I do have that option on my website. So oh, any any parent who wants personal help, I don't I wouldn't say no to any parent <laughs> and finances if there's a financial issue as well. Please contact me. I know what it's like to struggle financially and yes. and I had my family didn't have that help growing up. So that's important to me to keep that door open for any any family that needs that assistance. I'm happy to help. So please contact Hi. me. <laughs> Yes, I love that so much. And again, I have your website here. I'll put it. Um, it's going to be in the uh, description of these lives and also in the show notes for the podcast platforms. And so even if parent, sorry, even if parents no. have a question, feel free to contact us as well. Okay. Yeah, great. Um, so you'll just be able to click the link and go to her website and uh, connect with her there. So, oh my gosh. Deborah, thank you again so, so much for being here. Thank you for what you have been through, being willing to share it, being willing to be vulnerable and for choosing to do something about it instead of choosing to be a victim. You have chosen to do something about it in a way that helps other people. And that 
is something I want to promote. That's what I'm all about is what can we do to help other people? And I love, love, love what you're doing. So thank you. Thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate absolutely. that. Thank yeah, you. absolutely. Thank you all so much for watching, for listening. If you feel this is worth sharing, which it is, <laughs> please share it. If you feel it's worth a five-star review, please do that so that these stories can reach more people. This is all about sharing stories of hope. Other people, I can guarantee you, I have seen it in my life. Other people can relate to what Deborah just shared with us. They can find hope through the story that she just shared, but it's going to take us all of us as a community sharing it, rating, giving it five-star ratings before other people can find it. And so I'm asking you to do that, to help share, help get these stories out into the world. It's not about me. It's about getting these stories out into the world because people will find hope by listening to other people's stories of hope. And so please help us do that. And again, if you have, if you are someone, you know, has a story of hope gained in the midst of adversity and would like to be a guest, I would love to feature you. So go to my website and fill out that button there. Click that button there and we'll get you fixed up. Okay, y'all, thank you so much for being here. Um, until next time, I will see you guys later. Bye.